Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. And for the second straight pod, I am joined by Dan Squared, DS and DR. Boys, how we doing? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having us, man. Good to be back on uh, again. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah, long time, no talk. So it's good to have you guys both on again here. Uh, this time, I know we, in our previous episode, we detailed the season to be for the Boston Red Sox in 2022. Now let's kind of take a step back and pan around across the entire league. So let's kick things off here by just recapping the offseason. Obviously, the big thing in the offseason that took holds and center stage was the lockout. The owners initiated a lockout of the league on December 2nd at the end of 2021. And the two sides, that being the players and the league, the owners, they did not meet for any sort of major discussions until January 13th of the new year. And they didn't actually meet face-to-face until January 24th. So they almost went a month and a half without any sort of sit-down discussions uh, about how to get the ball rolling on a new collective bargaining agreement. In February, things started to pick up. The the league decided to set a, a February 28th deadline to salvage opening day. That was kind of seen as a soft deadline from the players viewpoint uh but that's what the league came out and said in mid-february as talks were beginning to heat up but uh little progress was made on several key issues and major league baseball went ahead and canceled over a week's worth of spring training games uh by the end of the month then when the two sides could not reach a deal in the final hours before the deadline, which had been moved to March 1st, since there was so much progress allegedly being made on that final day. Uh, But they ultimately still could not get an agreement in place by the end of March 1st. Commissioner Rob Manfred announced that the first two regular season series were canceled and would not be made up. The Players Union Association, rather, they did not agree on that last part whatsoever and believed that the games could be made up in double headers. Then, after another week of little progress, seemingly, MLB canceled another week of regular season games, canceling games uh, and postponing opening day another week until April 14th at the earliest. This, this was on March 9th. Then, so out of nowhere, seemingly, MLB and the MLBPA finally reached a deal on a new collective bargaining agreement on March 10th, ending a 99-day lockout, which was the second longest in history. Just a couple of quick notes here on what each side sort of was able to gain big picture. The players, they were able to increase their minimum salaries by 23% from last year, raising that to that floor to 700,000. And they also got an increase in the competitive balance threshold with the CBT, which became just this very uh, trendy term. And uh, in the t- in the discussions, they raised, they bumped that up to 230 million 
which was a 10% increase from last year. Basically, if you're wondering what in the hell competitive balance threshold means, basically think of it as a soft salary cap where if a team goes over that amount, there is a tax on applied to them and they have to pay over that. So it's basically like a luxury tax in and of itself. The owners, meanwhile, they were able to secure an expanded postseason, which means we get an additional wildcard team, which means kind of like in the COVID year, we now have a wildcard round rather than a wildcard game. And they also are now allowed to put advertisements on the jerseys and help batting helmets, so forth. Uh, the one other big thing that came out of the new CBA, universal DH. And if you ask me, it's about time. That being all said, Diaz, give me your initial thoughts of the lockout, how you thought, how it played out in your mind, and did did you see enough? What did you like the changes and, and what the the deal kind of encircled? So the lockout just was infuriating for many reasons, right? They took forever to actually start meeting. And to hammer things out, I think the owners, you know, are largely to blame. I think the players union, you know, they have the right intentions. They're a very strong union. Um, They can be stubborn themselves, but I do think that, you know, they were in the right, um, quote unquote. I think the owners honestly are just in this instance are just totally in the wrong. They were spitting out bold-faced lies like this is the first work stoppage since 1994. No, my friend, you had a work stoppage during COVID because you couldn't figure it out then either. Like, like they, I don't know. They they were spinning a lot of a lot of bullshit. I think to the public to try to make it uh, the players look like the bad guys, and I think that you know ultimately what we got was you know two sides that weren't going to come to an agreement until they had to. And that's what we saw. Um, it took until, you know, the, the 19th hour, you know, for them to finally come to an agreement on, on something. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, in the next couple of years, you know, again, we might see the pitch clock. We might see um, some other things come into play, like uh, the banning of shifts. So I think there's a lot of good um, that will come. The universal DH, about damn time, although, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, Shohei Otani is, like, exploding on the scene, and now he can't bat and hit in the same game, which is whatever. It's a small thing. Ah, kinda... ah, but that is where I have to interrupt you, my friend, because... Yeah, I think you have that backwards. They have actually added in a rule, which they used in the oh. All-Star game last year, that will allow a pitcher to be the designated hitter in a lineup that way. And Correct. when he is removed as a pitcher, he can remain in the lineup as said DH. I stand corrected. Okay. All right. Thank you for that then. Well, w- with that being said, um, yeah, I, I think that the owners, you know what? Like they were being pretty petty over some minor, like the money in terms of the owners they need to stop being hypocritical. I think the small market teams as well, their needs, in my opinion, there needs to be a spending floor, right? The, there, there should be a certain amount where you have to like, 
you have to cross that threshold. Otherwise, you get penalized. Because if you want to take a look at it, top three in payroll, Dodgers, $270 million. Mets, $249 million. Yankees, $235 million. Bottom three, Guardians, $35 million. Pirates, $35 million. Orioles, $30 million. You're telling me, you're telling me it's okay in a major sport to have a team or to have multiple teams who spend upwards of five to six to seven times more than another team in that league? No way, dude. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in any other major sport. It is bullshit. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, given what you said, the Dodgers spend nine times as more than the Orioles, and that's that is kind of laughable. Uh, Dr. Let me get you in on the mix here. Uh, one other before I do, one other thing that I did left out is they are going to play a full 162 game season. They'll make up the games that were quote unquote canceled before the CBA deal was reached. Yeah, the owners uh, just. Uh, but uh, Dr. Let me get you your thoughts here on the lockout, uh, what did you like? What did you not like about the whole situation and the CBA that came to fruition eventually? Yeah, the actual process of the lockout, I mean, both sides are equally as frustrating. Um, It's a lot of just changing rhetoric to make it seem like it's the other side's fault. And it's just petty and dumb. Like I think the MLB announced, oh, we have to cancel games now because we don't have a CBA. So then immediately the MLBPA says, well, technically they're choosing, like it's their fault they're choosing to because they could play under the old CBA. It's like everyone is just trying to make it look like it's the other person's fault to have public perception leverage the other side. And and, and the reality is that both are to blame and both are equally as frustrating. Um, I think that the players, um, they got a lot in in this. I think that the the, um, owners also got a lot in this. So at the end of the day, did they get a good deal? Yes. Um, some things that I'm not too happy about. I don't like um, that they got rid of the one card wild game. I think that was, I know I'm a big uh, local radio show, uh, Felgram as uh, Stan, um, and they've been kind of big on this. Those are some of the best nights in baseball. Not very often will I, you know, a diehard Red Sox fan, go watch an out-of-market baseball game. And one of the few nights that I do is to go see the Brewers play whoever. Um, and I have a lot of fun with it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I'll, I'll tune in for a three game series. I, I genuinely don't know that I would, but I could tell you that if it was a wild card game, I 100% would know exactly when that game started uh, and I'd watch it through uh, in its entirety. Um, so that's a little sad to me. Um, I am happy about some of the concessions that uh, I think both sides made about changing the sport. To me, it's a sign that they're listening to fans, that they recognize that the games need to get quicker and there are problems with the game. I think uh, previously I was under the impression that people within the baseball realm um, thought that their game was perfect and didn't think that, you know, if you thought otherwise, then you just don't understand uh, and you don't really enjoy the same things, you know, um, that, that, that baseball is about. So I am, I am happy that, uh, you know, some time restrictions are starting to come in um, and some changes are starting to happen, some meaningful changes. I think we've seen that in other major sports. You know, you look at the NFL is constantly changing and trying out new rules. The three-point arc is the big one you can point to with basketball. Um, the the two passes uh, with the red line in um, 
hockey is is the latest example or i guess the basic biggest example in the last you know three decades but it's nice to see this sport change it's nice to see the sport work on it and try to make it a better product um Yeah, I, I'm with you on the wild card game, DR. I am definitely going to miss that. Uh, I am willing to give this new wild card round best of three format a chance. I didn't hate it w- when they used it during the COVID year, but that was because there was basically everyone involved except for the top division winner. I don't know how I feel about just one division winner gets screwed and has to play a wild card team while the other two get the benefit of just going on to the division round. I, I, I think I'm a little, I, I would rather just go full blown with the 14 again or keep it at 10. I, I don't know how I feel about the 12 number, but I'll, I'll give it a chance this year and see how that plays out. But other than that, yeah, I I'm, I'm excited that they finally got put their petty differences to the side and were able to get a deal in place that has, pros as well as some cons for both sides, but enough pros for both sides to make it work. Yeah. And, and one thing I do, I, I forgot to mention they, this ghost runner rule. It was announced today. I am very unhappy about this ghost runner rule. I think it's, it's just dumb and they're solving a not problem. The issues to this game to, to, to me. And I think the wide variety of people is that the games are just long and, and there's big gaps in between, you know, the actual stuff that's happening in the game. So they're trying to take out that dead time. And I think that the season is long and hard to kind of commit that time to. I think those are the biggest issues with this game. Extra yeah. innings is great. I, I, I could, I'll be at home and I don't know, maybe I'm busy or doing something and, and just busy with life. You know, and then I get a text. Oh, man, the socks are going to extras or a, a notification. I'm turning my TV on. I'm now invested in this game. I, there have never been a, a time, except maybe if I'm, I, I can understand if you're at the game, um, but there's never been a time to me where I'm like, man, I really wish that this game would just end. Like, no, extra innings are fun. Anything can happen. It's suspenseful. I don't know if it's going to take five minutes or 40 minutes. Like, I don't know when something's going to happen. It's, it's, it's suspenseful. It's tense. I love it. It's great. And I hate the ghost runner rule. I mean, what now we can like sack fly the guy over twice and you've got a, a run. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't like it. I think it's dumb. Um, and I think that they're solving a non-problem. And I think that, uh, I did want to touch on, I know that um, DS talked about uh, the differences in payroll. Jock Peterson, I think, was pretty vocal about it on Twitter the other day. It, it's dumb. I mean, look, the top three teams, Yankees are 235, Mets are at 250, Dodgers are 270. I mean, you've got the Indians, or sorry, the Guardians at 35, the Pirates at 35, and the Orioles at like 30. I'm with UDS. There should be a minimum. I mean, it, it's just disgusting. It's, it's absolutely yeah. disgusting. There's the, in no, in no major sport should any team be able to outspend or should any team like spend to that floor of, of that low. And then to have a team spend 200 million more than that team, it, it, it is laughable. It's a joke. And it'd be one thing if they were trying to to give people these these contracts, and I don't know forever for every reason they didn't want to go play in Baltimore, but that is not the case. These teams actively have sold off their uh, their their big name pieces. Um, yeah, and it's just it's you know it, it's sad to see. I I would be very frustrated as a member of those fan bases, and just as a, as a fan of the sport, um, I'm frustrated by it. Yeah, the latest to that mix. 
is Oakland. I mean, they play Moneyball pretty much every year, but this is this is has been a ridiculous offseason where they have traded pretty much all of their top end talent uh, because they didn't want to sign them to big extensions. And I think that's just setting the wrong example for what you want in the league in terms of competitive balance. Cause now you're going to see a team in Oakland that, yeah, sure. They got a bunch of great prospects and somewhere down the road, maybe that'll all pay off, but they go from a, so a fringe playoff team uh, where they were, I think they missed it by a game last year to now they're just not even in my opinion, they're not even close to being a, a competitive team, especially yeah. not even in their own division. And they'll have a new uh, a new stadium in five years too. So, I mean, it's not like it really matters. Too many of these owners and teams are way too content with collecting their TV money and their ad deals, their, their revenue, and it's about it. And to be just good enough or to tank, it's really no skin off their nose, which sucks a lot. And – Going back to DR's point about the ghost runner, I hate it just as much. It is MLB trying to right a wrong, but they are writing the wrong in the wrong way. Basically, like DR said, it's it's an attempt to cut down on game times, but if you're already in extra innings, why are you trying to limit the fun there and, and the, the, the epicness that comes with uh, the stressful moments of extra innings. Why are you trying to limit that instead of curtailing other time things in the first nine innings, which is the big point to begin with that you, your game times are not uh, going to be influenced heavily by games that go into extra innings. The majority of extra inning games don't go more than an inning or two in extra innings. So uh, to, to see them go back to this ghost runner thing, I believe it's only guaranteed for one more year before they can uh, write it off. But uh, I, I'm not a fan of it either, DR. I'm and, with and, you. And they're billing it as, well, you know, we expanded rosters to 28 and we're, we're worried about people being stretched out. So, you know, we want to make sure games don't go too late because we'll tax people and they'll get hurt. Okay, fine. That seems like a reasonable expectation. But I would say, why the, like, why the, why the fuck are we doing nine inning doubleheaders? <laughs> like what what the, what the fuck is this that's it's 18 innings right there are you kidding me yeah it, it it's so kind of uh i the word is slipping me it's 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 counterintuitive it if you're going to try and make all these constraints to limit uh things on that front and use the reasoning that you just said you can't bring back nine inning double headers yet that it, it those don't go hand in hand so you got to pick and choose which direction you really want to go because it seems like they've got one foot in the door on both sides and they just kind of look stupid. Happy they're making changes, but that doesn't mean that I have to like every change. No, and I, I agree with that. You you don't, and I don't either. And I, but we're not going to get everything we want. And just like the players and the owners didn't get everything they wanted, so we kind of just have to live with it and hope for the best. Let's 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 all dive in to all of the offseason moves. Now, we could sit here for another probably hour just giving our thoughts on the several, the plethora of moves that have been made both just prior to the lockout and since the CBA has was reached and the lockout ended. 
I mean, hell, I've got an entire page of notes on guys that have moved and potential talking points. But uh, let me let me give you guys the floor first, and then we can kind of pick and choose uh, which signings, which moves we really want to harp on. So, Diaz, give me one or maybe a couple of offseason moves uh, that you would like to talk about in particular. So, um, you know, there's a couple of obvious, really notable ones. Um, I think I think Schwarber and Castiano signing with uh, Philadelphia is pretty notable. Just because, like, that's clearly a team now. They're trying to make a legitimate run. Um, they have... They have the talent. I mean, they have a loaded lineup, um, you know, combining them with Bryce Harper, Rio Muto, and uh, and others. I mean, that's going to be a fun team to watch. So I really like those moves. Um, I think those are pretty huge. Obviously, we talked about the story one. And, you know, an, another clear-cut obvious one, but uh, Freddie Freeman um, to the Dodgers, like, they're, like, they're just a cartoon of a team. Like they're not real. Like they're like your diamond dynasty team on MLB on MLB, the show, they're like your fake, you know, team that you just have like maxed out 99s, like all over the place. Like that is the Dodgers. And, you know, they're, they're scary, but you know, we'll see. And it, it kind of pains me that a guy like Mookie is kind of on a team and uh, like that. He's kind of clouded, you know, he doesn't really, I don't know. Uh, like, just personally, I wish Mookie was somewhere else where you could kind of, like, stick out a bit more. But I think another one more, like, thing to highlight is the lack thereof uh, of moves um, f- from the Yankees. Um, they didn't really do much. Um, so, I mean, like, they made, like, a trade uh, here and there, like, a couple minor things, but they didn't really do much. So kind of find that intriguing as well but yeah that's kind of where i stand yeah the, the yankees big move was basically helping the twins clear yeah. uh, space to sign carlos correa <laughs> even though there's really no official salary cap but they uh the the twins the texas rangers initially traded isaiah uh i'm gonna Butcher this one, Kiner <laughs> Falafeo. I don't know. I'm not even. Yeah, gonna it won't be any good to help you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go with IKF. Uh, they cool. traded it to him. He's he's a Gold Glove caliber level shortstop, and he hit well last year for the Rangers. He got shipped out to the Twins for catcher Mitch Garver, only for the Twins to then turn around and use him in a trade along with former MVP Josh Donaldson, third baseman to the Yankees for third baseman Gio Yoshella and catcher Gary Sanchez. So that was basically the big Yankees move, getting Josh Donaldson and IKF to be their shortstop. They brought back uh, Rizzo. I, I guess that would qualify as their, their really their only sort of big signing was making sure they kept Rizzo. Um, but other than that, yeah, quiet on their front for the most part. DR, give me some off-season moves in particular that stuck out to you that you would like to discuss. Yeah, I would like to question what the Rockies 
front office is doing thank um, you <laughs> they, <laughs> look at the people that they have not paid that have left recently i mean story this year lemayhu and like three years ago arenado last year so all those guys are gone um i think they pitched out or they shipped out um a pitcher as well that i'm uh, blanking on uh john gray was, yep 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 so it, all those guys are now gone and and who do they decide we're going to give the bag to is it a homegrown guy like Arenado, a, a superstar? No, they're going to give it to Chris Bryant, and they're going to give him the fucking bag to play in the outfield. <laughs> it's just like I don't understand that move. I also don't understand the Twins in that trade you talked about. So they, they go and they get IFK, um, and they're like, okay, you know what? The Twins, they're building for the future. And then they turn around, and I think – who's the pitcher they traded for? I think uh, Sonny Gray. Gray. From- why are they acquiring Sonny Gray from the Reds? Like, that's like, we're all in for it now. Like, it just doesn't seem like they were making consistent moves. It was like, we're building for the future. And then they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going for it. <laughs> I just, so I guess some questions about that front office. Front office. Um, I know that Lucas Giolito today went to the arbitration with uh, the White Sox and their numbers were only like 200K apart. It's like, when you guys were like working on a deal, you couldn't like fucking figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, That's so, so petty. I, like I know they can't see the arbitration numbers, but like they're talking and trying to negotiate a deal before that. Like you think that they'd be like, yeah, this is what I'm worth this year. Like let's let's sign it. And if you're 200k apart, like I don't know. I think that that's a really dumb move by them. Um, those are kind of ones that stuck out. The Yankees, of course, you're right. DS not signing anyone. Um. Dave Dombrowski just absolutely full sending it for the Phillies um, with, with Schwarber and Castellanos. Um, the Ailey's definitely got a lot better. That's, that's kind of, I guess, where I went with, with or my take on free agency. I think for me, the, the first thing that I, I want to bring up is the moves that the Mariners made. First, they started by trading for all-star second baseman slash outfielder Adam Frazier from the Padres. He was a first-time all-star last year, uh, high-contact guy. Then they went and signed Robbie Ray, the guy who was a Cy Young candidate. I think he may have won Cy Young last year with the Blue Jays, actually. Uh, He got a very good deal with the Mariners. And then they went out, the Mariners did, and they traded for – all-star outfielder Jesse Winker, as well as third baseman Eugenio Suarez from the Reds. Reds just in a complete fire sale. And so I really like the moves that the Mariners have made. And with Carlos Correa leaving the Astros, um, I guess I'm going to spoil this a little bit for later on, but I kind of like where Seattle's sitting right now. And I think they're going to be right nipping on the heels for the Astros in the AL West. That being said, uh, looking across the board at some other signings, I think one that has to be brought up is Max Scherzer hopping from one NL East team to another, going from the Nationals to the Mets and setting up a what we thought was going to be a dominant one-two punch alongside Jacob deGrom but that was not to be because it's actually going to be most likely a one, two, three headed monster because the Mets then went out and acquired all-star starter, Chris Bassett from the A's. 
So the Mets have a just absolutely lethal rotation at the top. Yes, they lost Marcus Stroman to the Cubs, but you look at that Mets front-end rotation, and if they get to a playoff, I don't want anything to do with a Jacob DeCrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett rotate-led okay. rotation. That's that's just not something I want any part in. Um, and then I think the final thing that I definitely want to bring up among other signings is the rest of the A's fire sale. I, uh, the, the fact that they traded uh, Matt Olson to the uh, Braves. Matt Olson is now replacing Freddie Freeman in Atlanta, and he gets the absolute bag. He gets, uh, I think it was, what, eight years, $168 million to basically – take over first base for the Braves after they lost Freeman. And then they, the A's also traded their all-star third baseman, Matt Chapman going to the blue Jays. So the, I, I just, I don't like the direction the A's went here. I just think it sucks from a competitive balance that they were on the doorstep of, of breaking through to the playoffs. Maybe they were never saw themselves as getting over the hump. And so they said, blow it up, but it just sucks to see a team that was very highly competitive and just trade away all of its top end talent. Yeah. I'm with you. I I think (laughs) you go ahead. um, I'm sorry, DR. I, all I was going to say is I feel like that it's like the A's MO. They like get good enough to be like a, you know, knocking on the door of like being a playoff contender. And then, they sell off their good pieces. Like that's just like the tale's old as time. <laughs> it sucks. I agree. But it's like I feel like I feel like they it's just like their MO as a front office. DR. Yeah, I wonder it, I mean it it's gotta be really tough to be a fan of uh, of the ace. I mean they had some really good pieces, some really good young pieces. Um Maybe that's just how it is if you're a small market team and, and their budget truly is that small. Um, you know, it comes time. It's like, you know, do we do we extend like one guy and then we're probably going to lose all these other guys anyway because you can't afford them. So I guess I don't really know what it's truly like to be a small market team, but it's really sad to see a team like that, you know, build and get better and close in on on being, a, you know, a real force just to have it all kind of blow up. Um and, and, and as far as, as the move for the Braves, losing Freddie Freeman sucks. I mean, a great guy yeah. um, and an, a really impact player. But if you had to pick one player, a, a first baseman to, to you know, sign long-term and replace him, Matt Chapman, I think, is the guy. And so I think, I think the Braves will be just fine. Um, and I, I like that move a lot for them. Um, and I think that will really mitigate the loss of Freddie Freeman. I mean, the Dodgers, what do you even say at this point? They're they're playing the show and they're just it's just they're on easy mode when it comes to the franchise and, and just making roster moves and I don't even know they're drafting but you know I, I guess that's the goal for the Red Sox and some of these other uh, like minded teams to sort of build up from um, from within and, and you know have sustainable success so we'll see yeah Matt Olson 
should definitely be able to thrive in Atlanta, uh, taking over for Freeman and Chapman. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. But I think the fact that the Dodgers circling back to your Dodgers point, the fact that they can lose their closer who went to the Braves on a one year, $16 million deal. And like, nobody's like batting an eye over it because it's just basically, Oh, the, the Dodgers bullpen is still pretty good. If not great, still like next man up, Blake Trinian was a closer all-star closer for the A's. Now it's, now it's his show. Like it, it's just an embarrassment of riches for the Dodgers that they can lose their ninth inning guy. And they just shrug their shoulders and say, okay, you can go. That's fine. We'll still be nasty without you. It's, it's ridiculous, but just some rapid fire other notes uh, of notable signings during the off season. Noah Syndergaard, AKA Thor coming off uh, Tommy John surgery. He's going to go to the angels on a one-year deal. Starling Marte headed to the Mets on a four-year deal. Former Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber is going to the Rays on a one-year deal. Texas, the Rangers, brought in a pair of shortstops in Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, who combined to get half a billion dollars in total money. That is stupid. Very stupid. It's it's (laughs) funny money. That's that's what that is. Uh, The the Tigers, meanwhile, we, we talked about in the Red Sox pod how the Tigers got Eduardo Rodriguez, but they also signed shortstop Javi Baez to a six-year, $140 million deal. Nelson Cruz is headed to the Nationals with the National League now having a DH. He'll be with the Nationals this year on a one-year deal. A lot of a lot of talk on the star Japanese outfielder Seiya Suzuki. DS mentioned, I believe, earlier. He's going to go to the Cubs on a five-year deal. He got $85 million, which... It seems like a lot for someone who hasn't played an ounce of major league baseball, but I, he must be the real deal. And so uh, that'll be interesting to see how he plays um, with the Cubs. Cubs are in a weird spot where it feels like they're just meddling They're They're willing to pay some people, but they're not willing to pay others. It's, it's kind of that funky land that you were, we were just referring to, but uh, a wild, wild off season full of anarchy between the lockouts and player signings and trades for sure. Let's move on and move on to our predictions. So we're going to talk AL and NL division winners, give our wild card teams, and then kind of pick and choose our winners in potential playoff series until we've We've got our World Series picks locked in for the season. DS, let me start with you in the AL. Give me your three division winners in the American League for 2022. All righty, Ryan. So, AL East, I have our Boston Red Sox. Um, again, I think that's going to be a tough division, I but I just – I'm going with my gut and my heart, the Red Sox, AL East, AL West, Astros. Um, even with the loss of Correa, I, I just I think the Astros are bound to figure it out there. And, and I don't think they're done. Um, AL Central, the White Sox. I think the White Sox are are going to be right there. I think they're going to be a tough out, and I think that's their division. And 
I can say that pretty confidently. DR, give me your picks in the AL. Um, for the AL, I'll take um, I'm going to take the Rays. I think I think that the Sox are are behind them, but um, and, and chasing them um all year long. And, and the AL East is going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be tough. I, I like the Blue Jays and the Yankees to be kind of like right there at three together. Um, and I think anyone's game, I, I like the moves that the Blue Jays have made a lot. So it could go anyway, really, but, but the Rays at the end of the day, I mean, they just have some absolutely filthy prospects um, and, and some, some ridiculous pitching. So uh, I think that that combined with their, their analytics first approach, uh, I, I like them to, to sort of nudge out everyone by, by a little bit. Uh, in the AL Central, I'll take the White Sox as well. I do think the Tigers, I like the moves that they made a lot. And I, I think that the, some of the people they have coming up, Spencer Torkelson, and, um, you know, I think they have Casey Mize, I think. Um, regardless, they've got some really good young prospects. And I think that they're going to be uh, much improved this year and, and um, competing in that division. But I'll take the White Sox. And then for the AL West, I think that I like the Astros. Um So I am with you, DR, on the AL East. I think the Rays are just built for 162-game season. They've just got too much talent, and they know how to bring up guys from their farm system and utilize them and get the most out of them right off the bat. So even if they were, they're hit by injuries, they're just going to call up the next man up in the system and find a way to make it work. Uh, so I like the Rays to win a very crowded AL East. Uh, I'm going to make it three for three on the AL Central. I think the White Sox should have no issue winning that division, although the Twins might have something to say now that they've added Carlos Correa. But with their moves, I don't know whether they're actually competing or just in kind of a transitional mode. I don't I don't know what they're in, but I think the White Sox still have the most talent in that division bar none and should be able to win it handily. In the AL West, I am going to go out on a limb here. While my brain says the Astros are still the best team in this division, I actually, my, like something, my gut feeling says with all the moves the Mariners have made that they, and how close they were to the postseason last year, I think they're going to be able to piece it together this year. And I will, I will say the Seattle Mariners will actually win the AL West this year. Now, with three wildcard teams, that means uh, – one of them will play the worst division winner. And then the other two would play each other. Uh, so let's go through and give our three wild card teams in no particular order for the American league. I'll go ahead and start. I think that for me, I will order them, but I think my first wild card will be the Toronto blue Jays. Um, I like DR said, you have to like all the moves they've made. They were right on the cusp last year of being in the playoffs. I think that they should be right there again. And with an extra spot, they should be in this field for sure. I definitely think Houston is still a playoff team. If they're not winning the division, they're definitely going to get one of the wild card spots. And then the last playoff spot, I think Boston will eke out the Yankees for, although I think that's kind of a toss up. I think you could have a situation kind of like last year where we're tying them for the wild card spot. Um, so I, I will take Toronto, Houston and Boston for 
the three wild card spots. DR, how do you see the wild card? Yeah, I think that there's got to be two coming out of the AL East. I like the the I, I have the Rays winning, so I'll take the Blue Jays and the Sox. Um, I just I, I think that they're this is going to be a really tight division. Um, I, I'm going to have the Yankees missing it. I don't think that they they do it. Um, the other one, I think. It's a toss-up for me. I think it could go Mariners. I could also see the Angels making a, a push there. Um, gun to my head, I'd probably take the Mariners, but Angels are a team to watch out for this year, and I think that they've, they, they this could be the year that we finally get to see Mike Trout uh, in some fall ball. Honestly, that's that's about time. Uh, if that happens, I, I would be quite all right, as long as he's not cucking the Red Sox out of the playoffs. Uh, Diaz, go ahead. So I, I'm on the same page with DR here. Low key, high key, kind of low key. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think the Yankees are going to make it. I like, I, I just, I feel like the writing is on the wall with that team and that fucking manager, Aaron Boone, piece of shit. Like I, I just think that they need a cultural change and it's not going to come until it, it, it hits them in the face and it's going to, um, whether it's this year, next year, I don't know. I know they just, I'm pretty sure they extended Boone. Um, but like, I think it's going to take them like missing the playoffs for that to change. And they didn't, again, like we said, they didn't do much um, to improve themselves this season. And they've been battered with injuries before. We've seen it time and time um, again. And if that happens to them again this year, like, it's, very much on the table that they don't make the playoffs, even with the expanded system. So um, I don't have them making it. I think it's going to be um, the angels. I, I think they're going to start really, really clicking um, again. They, they have, I think they have enough talent. Um, and I just think it's, it's a matter of time until um, with the superstars they have until they break through and at least crack the playoffs. And I think they do that this year. And then I got the Jays and the Rays. I think that the AL East is probably pound for pound the best division in baseball, and I don't see um, I don't see either the Jays or the Rays not making it. Like you said, I think Ryan, the Rays are built for 162 games. They can plug in guys left and right from their system. Doesn't really matter. It came to bite them um, last year in the playoffs uh, a bit. They. Uh, they didn't quite have the horsepower, but again, I think they have enough to get to the playoffs. Same with uh, the Blue Jays; um, they have the talent. Um, it's just a matter of if they're ready, uh, if they're ready or not. And I think they are. I think those are your uh, your wild card teams out of the AL. Yeah, the Blue Jays, their lineup. Just to speak on them f- for a moment, it's it's disgusting. Like uh, the the back end of it is a little bit iffy. But one through like six, maybe even seven, is just is is loaded. It's it's not quite loaded to the extent that the Dodgers is, and they'll have a couple of question marks, mainly at catcher for the Jays. But outside of that, like they they've got a very deep and talented lineup, and if they if they can get the starting pitching. To stay healthy, I mean, that's going to be just a disgusting team. Mm. Let's move on to the NL, and we'll give our NL division winners. DR, you can get us kick-started on this one. 
Yeah, so uh, for the NL, um, I'll take the Braves. I think they're the reigning champs. I like what they did with Matt Olson uh, at first base. Um, <laughs> they still got a deep team. Um, the Mets are going to be good this year, but but I, I like the Braves uh, coming out of there. Um, for the NL Central, I, this is maybe one of the, the, the worst, I think, divisions in baseball right now. It could be the Brewers. It could be the Cardinals. Um I'm, I'm just going to go Brewers because I think that they've got some decent players and they've been knocking a little bit. And I think that they've got some guys due for, for sort of a comeback. Um, and then when we shoot over to our final NL division, uh, the NL West, I will take the Dodgers as uh, that shocks nobody. I'm going to have to mirror all of DR's picks. I don't think the Mets have the hitting to quite challenge Atlanta. And I think Atlanta did enough despite losing guys like Freddie Freeman to maintain the same sort of success level that they did in last year's postseason run. So I think they should be tabbed as the favorites in the NL East and they are my pick as well. Central, I think both central divisions in both leagues are just, are just lacking. Uh, Definitely the worst two divisions in baseball, but in this one, I I'm with you again, Milwaukee or St. Louis, because I don't think the Cubs are, are quite there yet in terms of competing. So I like the Brewers mainly because their top three starting pitchers feature two Cy Young candidates and their number three is an all-star from last year. They've got some guys on the come up as well in the back end of their rotation. So I, I like the Brewers if they can get enough hitting to win the central for sure. And then, yeah, Dodgers enough said DS. So I, uh, NL East, yeah, Braves. Again, they're going to have Acuna back. Uh, they were able to get a replacement for Freeman. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be right there. Um, I think that's easily their division. Mets, Mets have great pitching, great, uh, probably one of the best rotations in baseball for sure. Um, but not quite enough to win that division. Uh, Central, I got the Cardinals. Um, I think I think it's going to be neck and neck between them and the Brewers. But um, you know, I don't know. I I, I think I, I got to do a little bit more digging on the Brewers um, before I put them above the Cardinals. But uh, West, it's the Dodgers. I mean, come on, like they're going to win that division. They're probably not going to win it all because they're choking dogs, but. I mean, whatever. Freaking Dodgers. West. I mean, even if, like, Fernando Tatis Jr. was not expected to miss three months of the season due to an injury he sustained in his, I think, his home, he just slipped and fell. Uh, the, the Padres last year showed that they don't didn't have what it takes to compete with the Dodgers for a full 162-game slate. So... Maybe that would have been different this year, but uh, now that Tatis is out of the mix for a good portion of the season, there's just no way the Padres are going to be able to hang with the Dodgers. And the the Giants, they, they've got a lot of moving pieces. They brought in uh, Carlos Rodon, Matt Boyd, after they lo- lost uh, Kevin Gosman, and uh, I think they lost another of their starters. So they're, they're rotate. They're kind of swapping pieces in and out. 
So I, I don't think they're going to be quite on the Dodgers level in terms of win-loss record this year like they were last year where everything seemingly went right for them. I, I just think there's going to be some regression for the Giants this year. DS, if you want to get us going on wildcard teams in the NL. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so my wildcard teams, I got uh, – crap, why am I – oh, there we go. Um, I got the Brewers, Phillies, and the Mets. Um, I think those are – like, Brewers, I think you might be able to swap. Like, I think the Padres, if they can hold it together until Tatis gets back. But I do think the Phillies um, are right there. I think they're going to be right there with the Mets, uh, the Mets and Braves um, in that division. Um, and I think that their lineup is is just so freaking good and that they're going to be right there for a wildcard spot. The Mets, in that third wildcard spot, their pitching is just too legit. I don't think they lose enough to where they're out of that race. And I think ultimately they get in there. Um, Steve Cohen, you know, big dick swinging with that uh, paycheck uh, or a checkbook rather. Um, the Mets are, are legit. I mean, they're spending, they're doing what they need to do. Um, it, I mean, if they had brought back Javi Baez, I mean, that would have been insane. But um, anyways, yeah. Brewers, Phillies and Mets. It's my wildcard teams. In the NL. DR, give me yours. Yeah. So this is hard. Um, I've got some combination of, of four teams. I think that um, oh. the Mets and Phillies, uh, I think, are, are, are good. There's a good chance both those teams make it. I also think the Giants uh, and Padres also have, have solid chances of making it as well. Um, and if things go right, I think the Cardinals could push. Like, I have all those teams kind of right around, you know, upper 80s and wins. And I think that it's going to come down to injuries and, and just how things end up breaking. Um, but, but I think those four, maybe five teams are going to be the ones that are there in it. All right. So I, I got to do this to you. I got to get you to pick three of them. Huh. Um, yeah, I guess I'll kick, I guess I'll kick the giants to the curb. I think that they just had a, you know, they really did have a Renaissance year last year and everything just broke. Right. And, those are just hard to repeat, so I'll kick them out. All right, so you've got Mets, Phillies, and Padres, if I'm understanding you. Got it. All right, let's – all right, now that we've given our picks for divisions, winners, and wild cards, let's see, let's see a playoff through. So, obviously, if you've been following along, we gave those out. Let's – so let's now kind of we're going to have to kind of seed our wild card teams as well as our division winners in order to construct a playoff bracket. I will go first with my wild card round predictions. So my division winners in the AL were just to recap Tampa, Chicago, White Sox and Seattle. I think that Tampa and Chicago will be the top two seeds. Therefore, the Seattle Mariners will be the worst of the three division winners and be stuck hosting a wild card round series. I think they will be the three seed and they will be playing the six seed worst wild card team in the Boston Red Sox. Then that would leave me with a wild card four or five matchup of Toronto and Houston. I like 
the Boston Red Sox to upset the the Mariners. I think that their postseason experience pays off for them in a shortened series. They don't have to worry as much about expending their the lack of pitching depth per se. And I think that they would be able to win that series over Seattle in a potential Houston Toronto matchup, a lot of talent across the board between both teams, but I'm a big proponent of postseason experience when it comes down to it. And Houston has just about as much as anyone else can say over the past five, six years in terms of postseason uh, runs. So I like even without Correa, they are bringing back Justin Verlander, who will be back this year. So I like Houston in a potential 4-5 matchup with the Blue Jays. On the NL side of things, I have my three division winners as Atlanta, Milwaukee, and the LA Dodgers. Dodgers should, no question, be the number one seed in the NL. And I think the two will be the Milwaukee Brewers. I think if they can put... Uh, oh my God, tongue-tied here. If, I, if they can pencil it, it together, a lineup that is able to produce enough runs to go along with that elite pitching that they've got both at the front end of their rotation and the back end of their bullpen, I really like Milwaukee to be the second-best team in the National League, in the at least in the regular season. So those would be my top two seeds, which means that the Braves would be the three seed hosting a wild-card round matchup i've got them hosting the san francisco giants uh so the giants mets and cardinals are my wildcard teams i think i actually forgot to mention that uh so there you go there so in my nl wildcard round i've got atlanta taking on the six-seeded san fran giants and i've got the st louis cardinals as the four hosting the new york mets as the five i like atlanta to take down San Fran. I, I, I think Atlanta still got some of the magic from last year, and I don't see enough overhaul in the organization to where they won't be able to win a first-round matchup against the Giants. And then in the 4-5 matchup, I actually like the Mets to take down St. Louis. St. Louis, to me, just doesn't have enough pop across the board in terms of pitching and hitting. I think they're good, but I just don't think they're great. I think in a three-game series where the Mets can more than likely churn out DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, I, I just you don't need a ton of hitting in those cases as long as two of the three of those have great starts. So I like the Mets in a shortened three-game series over – the Cardinals. So that is my wild card round picks. DR, let me circle back to you. Are you ready to give your wild card round picks? Yeah. So I think in the AL, my wild card teams were the Angels, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. And I think I had the uh, the Yankees uh, missing. Yes. So um, I'm going to take for my division winner being the weakest would be the White Sox. Um, and I'm going to have them playing the, the Angels. I think if the Angels make it, which I do have them making it, uh, they just squeak in. So uh, I like them to play each other. Um, and you know what? It's Mike Trout's first time. I think that he goes off. I think that the that, that lineup rallies around him um, and, and that team performs. And so, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call for an upset, and I think that the White Sox lose. Um, 
Blue Jays and Red Sox, I'm just going to take the Sox. You know, I'm a homer, for better or worse. I like the Sox. <laughs> Go Sox. Screw the Blue Jays. Enough said. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, and then over in the NL, um, I have the uh, Padres, Mets, and Phillies, and I had um, the Giants uh, missing out. So I'll take my weakest division winner being the Brewers, and I'll have them play the uh, Padres. I think that the Padres just have the most holes. Uh, I think they still have Eric Cosmer, right? And I think that yes, they just – they need a little bit of help uh, and I don't see them being, you know, really, really a true force this year. So um, I think that they, they lose to the Brewers uh, in, in two. And um, as far as the other matchup, I think you're, you're spot on in, in a three game wild card, which is, I think what the Mets will probably end up being in um, as long as those three, um, those three stud starters can stay healthy, being able to put those out there one, two, three, like that is, is assuming it even gets to three. Um, is is a huge advantage um, to to the Mets, and so I'll, I'll take them for that reason. All right, DS, give us your wild card round picks. All right, so I like DR in the AL. The White Sox are going to be my uh, worst division winners, so they're going to also be taking on the Angels in the wild card round, and. I like, see, I, I like DR's thinking. I just, I can't go there to put the Angels over the White Sox just yet. So I got the White Sox winning that one um, over the Los Angeles Angels. And then between the Jays and the Rays, again, I just don't think the Rays are quite there yet. I don't think they have the playoff, um, you know, not pedigree, but just the playoff um, experience and the sort of maturity there on that team to, to beat the Jays. Not that the Jays are extremely mature or anything. I just think they're more talented. Um, so I got the Jays beating the Rays there in their wild card round. And then over to the NL, uh, I got the Cardinals as my least or my worst uh, division winner. And then my wild card teams were the Brewers, the Phillies and the Mets. Um, and I will have the Cardinals up against the Brewers. And I think that the Cardinals have enough there to, to beat the Brewers. Um, again, I, I need to do a deeper dive on the Brewers, but I still think the Cardinals have the upper hand there. And then between the Phillies and the Mets, um, you know, a big battle pitching against offense there. And in the playoffs, we know how important pitching is. I know that the Mets would need more, I think, to make a deep run. But in the wild card, I, they're a three-headed monster. In the wild card round, best of three, I will take that um, seven days of the week. <laughs> All right, moving on to the division series round. So now we're factoring in the top two seeds as well as the two teams we picked to advance from the wild card round. I'll go first. In the NL, my matchups would be Dodgers as the top seed taking on the Mets and the Brewers as the two seed taking on the Braves. I like the Dodgers to take down the Mets. I don't think the Mets would get enough timely clutch hitting to hang around with the Dodgers. I know the DS has been on the Dodgers are chokers in the playoffs. Uh uh, mantra all pod and can't blame them for it, but I don't think it's, I don't think they choke in their first playoff matchup of the postseason. And then in the other NL matchup, I like the Brewers to take down the defending champs. 
I, I'm really high on this Brewers team just because of the depth that they have pitching wise. And they've got some guys between uh, Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon, where if they're, we saw what Renfro could do last year. If McCutcheon could do something like that this year in a projected starters role with the Brewers, I, I really like his, I really like the Brewers chances between a, a, with a Renfro McCutcheon and Yelich outfield. It's maybe not the best offensively, but they've got the hitting to match if if they can really capitalize lineup wise and the it matches the quality of pitching that I expect from them. I like the Brewers to to take down the defending champs. In on the AL side, I actually have the White Sox as my top seed in the AL. I just think they're going to absolutely demolish the bottom feeders that which are their division and I think that they're going to also be able to pick apart the other uh, lesser teams throughout baseball. And I think they're just going to compile a, a win-loss record that really isn't indicative of where whether they're the best team in the league in the AL or not. I think they're just going to have a bloated record because their division is so bad. So I, I have them as the one seed taking on the Boston Red Sox, and I have Tampa as the two seed hosting the Houston Astros. I'm going to go way off the grid here. I think the White Sox will take down Boston. And I think Chicago will finally get over its kind of recent playoff woes. And I think Houston will overcome Tampa. I think Tampa's playoff woes will continue from last year. Uh, So I have four, the four teams I have advancing from the division series are the Dodgers, Brewers, White Sox and Astros. DS, give me yours for the division round. Oh, sorry. Uh, so for my division round, I got over in the AL Sox um, versus the White Sox and the Astros versus the Jays. So I got the Red Sox moving on here. I think that. They don't stop at the ALDS. I think by this point, they'll have proven themselves enough. They'll be on kind of a roll. And again, like, I just, I don't think the White Sox are quite there yet. Um, I still think there may be another year or two out. And then between the Astros and Jays, uh, I'm going to take the Jays here. I think the Blue Jays have enough offensive power, again, that they can overcome a lot. And the Astros, Let's face it, with no Correa, that's going to be a hit. Yeah, they're still talented. They still have a lot of experience. But you know what? Losing Correa is going to come to bite them at some point, and I don't think they make it past the DS, and I think it's the Jays and Sox in the ALCS, and then over on to the uh, NL between I got the Dodgers and the Braves and Cardinals versus the Mets. And for this, I have the... Braves overcoming the Dodgers again. Look, the Dodgers are supremely talented. The Braves just won a World Series without arguably their best player. They're going to have him back. They've, again, they've brought in uh, Matt Olson. They have the talent. Like, Acuna is going to be foaming at the mouth um, all season, all playoffs. And the Dodgers, again, like, they're frauds. I'm sorry. They're frauds. So 
yeah, Braves over over the Dodgers and then Cardinals versus Mets. I'm going to take the Mets here. I think their pitching is going to be enough to get them through the divisional round. We'll see if, you know, they have enough to get past uh, the Braves and the championship series. But I do think they have enough to get past the Cardinals. Pitching is so, so important in the playoffs. And I think that having three guys of that caliber is just you can't buy that elsewhere. Like it is truly priceless to have that in the postseason. So I got Mets and Do- uh, Mets and Braves, sorry, rather in the uh, um, NLCS. Okay, Dr. Give give us yours. Yep. So I'll take. Um, I think I've got in the AL uh, the Red Sox and the, the Astros squaring off, and then I've got um, the Rays and the Angels. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Rays. The the Angels. Um, Magic needs to end. I think um, they're kind of a. They could very well lose the, the round before, but I'll take them because I think it's fun. Uh, and then I'm going to take the Red Sox. You know what? I think that they get the revenge against revenge against the the Astros. I'm with you. I think the, the loss of Correa is is going to be a big factor to that team, and as, as good as some of the other uh, younger pieces they have, um, a loss like that's just going to catch up with you. Um, for the NL, I've got the Braves and the Brewers squaring off. Um, I'll take the Braves. Going to be a tight series, but I think the defending champs still pull that out. Um, and then as, as good as uh, the Mets rotation is, um, I'm going to take the Dodgers. I just think that they're they're too good. So I'll have uh, the NLCS being the, the Braves and the Dodgers. Um, and what will be an absolute fireworks uh, series. And I'll have the, the Sox and the Rays squaring off. Okay. DR, why don't you lead us off on the championship series here with uh, featuring a rematch from last year's NLCS and a rematch from one of the ALDS matchups. Yeah, I think in the AL, as much as I I would love to see the Sox make it to the World Series, I'll take the Rays. Um, I think that team is just they're ripe for it. Um, and the Red Sox have some holes with the rotation. I think that. Um, it, my homer take might have them going a little too far. So, so I'll take, I'll take the, the race to make it uh, move on. Um, and I'll take the Dodgers. I think the, the Braves uh, won't be able to pull it out twice in a row. Mm, so you've actually got a rematch from the COVID year world series. If I recall correctly, Dodgers Rays was the 2020 world series matchup. Correct. All right. DS, give me your championship series LCS oh, round picks. All right, so ALCS, I got Sox against the Jays. And this one's tough, you know. Do I think the Sox have a very realistic chance of having one of those lightning in, in a bottle type of years? I really do. Um, but I still don't think it's quite their time um, with this group, at least. Like, Hitting-wise, I think they have a World Series caliber offense. But pitching, I just – I don't know. There's just too many unknowns to really push them through and over the top here. And I think the Jays, like – I don't know. I I just think their lineup is um, overall top to bottom more impressive. And I think that they're the better team in this case. So I'm going to take the Jays. And on the NL side, I got Mets and Braves. And you know what? 
again, the Mets, really good team, great pitching, top to bottom, like one of the best rotations in the league. But the Braves, I just see that, like what they did without Acuna, I just think that is really invaluable. And he's only getting better. And it's just going to be a huge lift for them. I think they're coming off, you know, obviously a franchise year. And just, you know, I don't know. I like the Braves there. I like the Braves over the Mets, Braves and Jays in the World Series. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, For me, I've got the top two seeds in the NL, in my case, squaring off in the Brewers and the Dodgers. Again, Dodgers have all the talent in the world, but this is where I'm going to give in to DS's penchant for Dodgers are choking dogs, and I will say the Brewers will win in seven over the Dodgers and advance to the World Series. In the ALCS, I have Houston and Chicago, which is a rematch from last year's, one of last year's ALDS matchups where Houston handled the White Sox in four. I like Houston to repeat that feat. I don't think Chicago is quite ready to make it back to the World Series. I had them picked to make it to the World Series last year. I'm not going to make that same mistake quite again. I've got them to the LCS round this year, but I will not send them all the way this time around. So I have a Milwaukee-Houston World Series on tap for this year. And with our World Series sets, let's go around and give our World Series champions. DS, you go first. Well, you don't see this often, folks. You really don't. You really, really don't. I got the Braves beating the Blue Jays in the 2022 MLB World Series. I, It's rare, but again, I will say, when you get your best player, you know, your, your bell cow, your horse, your Hank, you get him back. You have a whole year in theory. You know, you replace your former franchise guy in Freddie Freeman. You know, you still have you know, pretty much your same roster. And you know what? I just, I like it. I like the Braves over the Jays. The Jays are, are, are a great team, a nice story. You know, you, you got some really nice, likable talent in Bo Bichette, you know, Vladdy Jr. You know, you got some nice guys over there. But I like the Braves here. Back-to-back with back, Okay. That would be the first time since the Yankees won three in a row from 98 to 2000. So we haven't seen that in quite some time. You are correct in that assertion. Uh, I will give my World Series pick next. I've got Milwaukee and Houston again in this matchup, just to reiterate. And in this matchup, I am going to take Milwaukee. I am saying it is the year of the brew crew. And this is where the finally the Astros go down and thank God, because I do not want to see them win another championship. But that being said, Carl's career is really their only loss on offense and they're getting back Justin Verlander, who they did not have at all last year. So yes, they lose a big bat in the offense, but they are getting back a big arm to their rotation and rotation that went to the world series last year. So I think they can get back to it, but I think this is where they fall short. Give me some brew crew winning the world series this year. I wouldn't hate that though. I wouldn't hate it. All right, DR. 
last but not least, the floor is yours on your World Series pick. Yeah, in my Dodgers-Rays um, rematch, as much as I would love to see David take down Goliath, I just don't see it happening. I, I know that the, the, the Rays have ridiculous prospects and some, mm-hmm. some really good young talent up and down the board. You know, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarina. Um, the, the Dodgers are just gross. They're absolutely filthy. Um, and I think you've seen it here. I mean, Kike Hernandez is, is a bench player and he's going to come here and be, um, you know, essentially an absolute stud um, his first year away. I, I just think that that's true of a lot of the bench players um, that they have that, that, you know, really could be good um, impact players on a lot of rosters. You look at like Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor. I mean, that, that lineup is just as deep as you get. And at some point, this Trevor Bauer stuff needs to get figured out. He might get suspended for, and they'll continue his leave of absence. But um, I'm pretty sure I saw something that he's not going to be charged criminally. So at some point, he's going to be back. And that'll just add to the rotation of, um, you know, Kershaw. And I know they've got Urias. And they've got some other young talent. I just, the Dodgers are just, they're the Rays with money. And, uh, hmm. you know, as a Red Sox fan, I hope that someday we are the Rays with money, just like the Dodgers. But, um, I, I just the Dodgers are too good right now. Yeah, I don't I, I can't fault anyone for picking the Dodgers to win the World Series. They just have a just an uber amount of talent. There's really no other way to describe it other than it's just an embarrassment of riches. Uh, so if they can just get out of their own way and stay out of their own way, they, there's no reason why they can't go the, all the way and win it all. Um, same thing with the Braves. I mean, they did it last year with what could be described as less talent than they have this year. Uh, they had a patchwork outfield completely, and they were able to just completely mend it all together with a bunch of de- deadline deals and make a, a run down the stretch and got hot in the postseason. And who's to say they don't do that again with uh, an even what could be an even better group of talent so i think there are merits for all of our picks and i'm definitely excited to see how they all shake out and i'm just excited for baseball in general can't wait for that so pumped definitely excited baseball's back fun fact the spring training games i believe are pretty much all free right now so um if you happen to be listening um or even for either of you uh get on the mlb app and take advantage go watch some spring training games and um yeah, go baseball. Love that. Any final thoughts before we call it a wrap? Uh, I think we covered it. I, I'm good. Yeah, fuck the Yapkeys. <laughs> All right. That's that's going to do it for this edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. For Ryan Brown, DS, DR, we'll see you next time. Fuck, dude. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs>